0: Whilst in wealth management, I felt it was a bigger battle of the genders. At the time after you become a mom, it's a handicap. Well, do you use it to get ahead. Stuff, you know, you kind of want to cry walking to the office one day, thinking, "What have I done?" It's not simple, you know. Look forward; um, it gets easier. And I went to my team head, and I said, "Hold on, why did you give me lower targets than everyone else?" Because, um, as you know, I've beaten everybody this year. And then one of the assistants said very loudly, "I don't think Natasha wants to tee off from the ladies' team." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Natasha Williams to our Women Who Work podcast. You have had a fascinating career to date in senior positions across the investment banking and wealth and investment sectors. You've been at PwC, UBS, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, LGT Vestra, to name but a few. (laughs) More recently, you've co-founded Cadro, which claims to be an investment manager for modern investors. You also have a child and I understand a husband with an equally successful career. So we'd love to kick off with finding out a bit more about your career today. I believe you started life as an investment banker.
0: Hi. Yes. Well, actually, I started life as an accountant.
1: Uh, a bit. Even more varied. I know.
0: I know. I, I came out of university not quite certain that I knew how to navigate careers. And I thought training as a chartered accountant would be quite useful grounding. And there were times that I thought perhaps that was a wrong decision, but today I'm certain that was the right decision. And it's funny how it takes decades to kind of look back at your decisions and then you realize why you made them and they were the right ones. So I trained with Waterhouse as a chartered accountant and then left to go to investment banking. Uh, and then I spent several years Doing uh, mergers acquisitions amongst financial institutions, which I very much enjoyed, um, and then I um, became a mom, which is, I think, the uh, topic <laughs> of this conversation. Uh, and um, I decided that it was not going to be possible for me to um, manage the various responsibilities in life. Basically, I thought I didn't have to. I thought I could just have my career, and, you know, other people are going to, to do everything else. But that's not quite how it works. And um, I, two years in, realized, in order to sort of be a responsible partner, parent, friend, everything else you want to be, uh, I couldn't juggle quite as much as I had uh, put my, you know, as as I had intended. So uh, I had uh, South Korean wealth management so aged 30, uh, 33 actually, 32, 33, early 30s, let's put it that way, I um, went into wealth management uh, in direct response actually to to parenting demands uh, and so here I am still 20 something years later.
1: I have so many questions, I feel like that was such a uh, quick jump through your amazing career. <laughs> um, so I guess to start off, so did you always know you wanted to have children?
0: Yes, I wanted to have loads of children. I only end up with one, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it's not, you realise biology is biology. You cannot control it. Um, I did, yeah, I, I, from a very young age. And actually, my parents really, really encouraged me to consider being a mum early. And especially my father, who actually, when I got pregnant, bought a flat next door to say, look, you're going to need childcare and you're going to need lots of help. Uh, and you need to get loads of help but you need to do this early in your life because some people leave it very late and then it's quite difficult for them and they they were very supportive so yes you know I kind of never thought I wouldn't have children Um, yeah
1: so I'm lucky. And that was when you were an investment banker so when you moved into the investment banking world did you have that in your mind? Yes, I did. And I actually changed jobs pregnant uh, from
0: HSBC uh, to AB and AMRO. We were poached as a team uh, and I found out I was pregnant. And uh, it was quite awkward. It was a massive negotiation between like lots of team members. And, you know, this was the glory days of uh, M&A. Um, and then I was like, well, guys, actually, I'm pregnant. And uh, they were very good. They, um, they sort of obviously slightly surprised um but uh we did a deal and uh all we did was I think deferred some payments until I actually came back as it turned out I miscarried and then sort of wasn't pregnant when I joined them I'm sorry to hear that that's okay you know it happens to a lot of women um and then actually I got pregnant a year later and then they weren't surprised because obviously knew they hired me with that uh in mind um and now I, I think that was okay I uh I had you know some understanding from them and I never saw it as um a big sort of obstacle I think I underestimated sort of the investment banking and parenting at the time but uh they but they, they they were good they were not difficult they you know I can I, actually quite rare I guess I was just bolshy and blind and I had a female boss which I think helped and she obviously she had three children and she um to take my side in some of these negotiations to make sure that I didn't get discriminated against and I didn't and actually when I was pregnant O2 massive crash there were huge redundancies and they called me when I was at home just to check if I wanted to come back from my maternity leave because they had massive redundancies going and uh, I was not made redundant if anything actually I was promoted uh so you know I did well I, I I did have you know, I worked hard for them and for myself at the time. But um, yeah, so I, I didn't have particularly negative experience in that regard. However, it was different. You know, I took a short maternity to leave. I worked very hard, all of that stuff.
1: Um, but I felt the deal was fair. So how long did you take for maternity leave? And what age were you at this point? Because I know you, you said that you wanted children young.
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry. We're jumping around my ages. Yeah, so I I had my daughter Anna when I was 30. So I'm 51 now, full disclosure, Um, (laughs) and she's 21 therefore. Um, So I was 30 and I took, I believe six months of which I think only three were paid because if you remember, this was at the time when you had to have two year service, but I didn't care at that point what service I had. I wanted to have my child and I wasn't that bothered whether my maternity was going to be paid or not for all of those months, but it took six months, Um, yeah. possibly took slightly longer um but so yeah I like, say six months and a bit probably yes sorry I should remember all of this
1: <laughs> no um, it's okay it's delving into the past and um oh then did you have a nanny because it sounds like it was quite a hectic job yes I, I, I had I had I
0: always had nannies I I, I was very fortunate and I think I feel sorry for women today especially post-covid because I understand that's quite a luxury and not just financial luxury, but also it's actually quite hard to find reliable childcare. So we had, um, like I'm sure everybody has these NCT groups, uh, but there was um, a cluster of very ambitious women who all had children at the same time where I lived in Blackheath. And a friend of mine, Jilly, organized us all, which I thought, okay, fine, this is gonna last the maternity leave and then after. I'll probably never see any of these people again. Uh, two of them are still my best friends uh and Gilly organized our nannies to meet each other whilst we were still uh you know kind of settling them down so that later when we all went back to work we had a support system so if one nanny was ill the other one would just pick up another child and would have two kids and we had a bulletproof system I don't remember having to uh, you know miss work or be in a difficult situation because of the nanny situation mainly because we have this kind of second and third line of defense system I also have to say I had a fabulous mother-in-law at one point she would come she did come and stay for a while I think I was ill or something I can't remember but, you know we needed help or when I traveled I used to travel a lot um, and I had a very understanding husband so what he did he took a uh, parental leave, which I, I, I think is still the same, you can take a legal parental leave if you're a parent. He took it um, at the time that I went back to work so that I could go to work knowing he was at home with the baby and that uh, you know he would sort of settle down the nanny. The first day, he did a lot of DIY. He thought this was going to be brilliant. And then realised this actually wasn't going to be possible. <laughs> he <laughs> packed his doors away, realised looking after child was quite a job. Um, but it was quite funny. First day I came home and he showed me how he painted all the wood in the doors.
2: <laughs> anyway,
0: so... Um...
2: Was that quite unusual at the time, Natasha, for a husband to, to take leave? Because I mean, even now it's not totally commonplace.
0: Yeah, I you know, I, I think we had a deal. We had a long conversation and I did say to him that, look, if I, you know, if we were to get children, I really needed his commitment that this was going to be a joint responsibility in life. And uh, he agreed and he said that, that is the commitment. And so I can tell you a little bit more about how he handled it later. Uh, so, yeah, the parental leave, absolutely. Uh, I think he probably enjoyed it too um and in that time we spent a lot of time together
1: natasha was he a partner in a law firm at this stage he wasn't a partner yet uh, he was an associate
0: in a law firm which he later left it was quite interesting because he um so after the paternity parental leave which i think you know statutory i don't think they could have particularly they didn't want this or any, they were not uh, negative about it but it was we ran into difficulties with his employer afterwards where you know we decided you know there are five nights in a week I was going to work two nights he was going to work two nights and on one night the nanny could work a long shift as it turned out our poor nanny earned more overtime than I've ever seen but you know sorry so we both worked more than we'd (laughs) intended for the first couple of years but so we had this deal how we were going to juggle this and I started working from home, you know, I've been doing not Zoom calls, but conference calls from them or onwards, because uh, I did a lot of cross border work. So it didn't matter if I was doing the calls from home or from the office. Uh, but I think his partners didn't like it, um, that, and they kind of felt this was kind of good old days when, you know, you, you needed to be present a lot more. So he later, uh, we both had a long discussion, and we decided we would both scale down our intended careers. So... He stepped down from like a magic circle firm and went in-house and I stepped down from M&A and went to wealth uh, management. So we both felt we found careers and jobs for at least a period that were a little bit less uh, intense vis-a-vis our hours. But we felt that we weren't in a situation where just one of us had to take you know, a big step back, but we kind of made it reasonably equal.
1: I think that's amazing in terms of you just having that open conversation and both of you agreeing to take a step, a different step in your careers. And I'm quite interested to know what the prompt for that was, um, why you felt it was unmanageable as it was, but also just to understand why you felt like wealth management would be an easier career choice for having a child.
0: Yeah, look, I... There were lots of reasons, um, and I I did because I did cross border. I I took my baby to New York with me and the nanny for for a few months. <laughs> I know um, <laughs> I missed several black tie dinners back in London, and my husband had to go on his own. And he did say, "Look, I just don't want to go to another black tie dinner without you," you know, with all our friends there. So I missed a huge huge chunk of social life. It's just literally Monday cancelled, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday dinners. Before, before even as a mom, um, I, um, you know, I found it uh, physically quite demanding with the cross-border travel, time zones, having a small child. Even though I could probably just manage, I then couldn't in- engage with my husband in, in a normal way, you know, or, or, or with anybody else, frankly. So I just worked and travelled, um, and then I got slightly unwell and I thought to myself you know this is really this is not how it's going to be I, I need to prioritize my physical health other people's relationships um and it wasn't an easy decision and actually at the time I took some count uh, I took some you know I, I felt like a real failure uh having to having made that decision um and it took me a long time to to come to terms with it because in my mind I was already direct I was doing my own deals I was I was doing quite well I was really happy I loved it I was reasonably good at it as well
1: that must be a really hard really hard decision to make because you're used to kind of powering in one direction and you've clearly got a huge amount of internal drive and ambition to to kind of I mean it's not like I I still feel like wealth management is a a tough career choice but it's it must have been a real shift
0: yeah it? no it is but it didn't require cross-border travel it was pretty much normal hours other than of course entertaining and uh others it, it had other challenges but they were slightly less acute and i think I, I know several women who persevered in the best banking career but i think many not that many with the kind of punishing travel schedule that i would have and i think yeah you, you look it was difficult but you know life's a compromise at the end of the day if you do want to, I think, to have all these various things, nice home, a good marriage, lots of friends, you know, a, a nice family, you do need to sort of compromise. I, I think that the, at the time when I made that choice, I didn't see that before because all I saw was kind of men's careers or careers where I think pe- people kind of made it through or, you know, it was, you know, this was kind of still early noughties and, it was still this kind of macho culture that, you know, there is one person in the family that really succeeds in their career and everybody else falls in line and supports them. So that wasn't going to happen in my family. I, you know, and, um, and I think most of my female friends actually did either end their careers or switched into some other roles. Um, so at the time, I thought, well, just stay in the game, you know, stay in the game. It might be a slightly different game. You can always pick up the pace later. And this is what I'm doing now with Padra. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, and why wealth management is because my last deal was in the States and we were selling a business to UBS and uh, UBS were there. And I said, Hey guys, you've got wealth management division. They said, yeah, yeah and we're hiring. Come on over. So it was kind of that quick.
2: <laughs> and how do you reflect back on that decision now? I mean, seeing like how your career has progressed and obviously you're, you know, you started this amazing business now and you can see how your family has developed. And how do you reflect back on that? now you said it was challenging at the time what's your what's your take now you know it
0: was a rational decision i i think all decisions are difficult you know if you ever read that book paradox of choice by barry schwartz you know in every decision one door closes in your life and that is quite a big thing and and uh you know others open and you never quite say oh that was the best thing ever you know it wasn't it it was a tough decision I look back, I say, okay, where would I have been today? I don't know. Possibly dead, you know, by the way. You know. um, but um, the, the, um, I think what I did go and do, you know, did p- play to my personal skills best. And, you know, I muscled through the next phase of wealth management, which was very different in nature. I underestimated the, the change and the cultural change of the two industries. And so if I talk about sort of, Investment management being very open-minded, I never ever felt any different to any man there. Whilst at wealth management, I always felt very different to every man in the room, which is weird. That's interesting. In what way? Well, just, you know, it's sort of... Um, I think this has changed a lot, but the it was more cliquey. It was much more... Um, and possibly investment banking would have got to that, but it didn't at the time. Uh, it was much more... Um, I can't describe, well, I'm going to try and articulate this. I have to, Um, you know, in some industries, you do feel that at times you are not being the, if you're a high achiever, especially, right? But you know, you're not quite being treated as the high achiever by being treated as a good achiever. Whilst in investment banking, I was a high achiever and I was treated as a high achiever. I got everything high achievers got, all the opportunities, all the recognitions, all the teams, every, you know, annual promotions, and you know, whilst I, in wealth management, I felt it was less accepted, um, maybe the various kind of histories of the industry, uh, and it was a bigger battle of 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 the genders at the time. Sort of
2: less meritocratic,
0: perhaps. Yeah, institutionally so. Not you know, not individual by
1: individual. Yes, definitely. Interesting. That's fascinating. Do you think that's changed, LZ?
2: I mean, I haven't worked in another industry, so I don't have a a good comparator, I wouldn't say, in the same way.
0: (laughs) I remember one year they set the targets, and I think I was the highest performing person in the team. And the targets were set for the next year, and mine were lower than everyone else's. And I went to my team head and I said, hold on, why did you give me lower targets than everyone else? Because, um, as you know, I've beaten everybody this year. And it was just kind of shuffling, well, because you're not quite a senior, you know, whatever. And then one of the assistants was actually really quite done very well since, said very loudly, I don't think Natasha wants to tea from the ladies. tea. Or rather, she doesn't want to tea <laughs> off from the ladies' tea. <laughs> That's brilliant.
2: <laughs> That's quite a wealth management phrase. <laughs> That's great.
1: Gosh. And do you think there was any element of them thinking you might have a second child? Oh,
0: possibly. I don't know. I, I mean... Good question, yeah, I, I think I told them that wasn't very likely to happen because I had some, some issues um, and that was actually probably not that feasible, but whether they believed me, uh, I don't know. Yeah, hmm. maybe, I, I don't know. I think it's just a bit of a scrum, you know, it's this rat tracy career, is a bit of a scrum and to be honest, after you become a mom, it's a handicap, right? It's a handicap, I you've got another responsibility. I, I, Or do use it to get ahead it's whether management choose to use that when they assess you or not and that has not been my experience I didn't uh, it was more subtle I think the 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 wealth management piece was more subtle as far as I'm concerned so I found it quite disappointing the whole kind of getting ahead in the career so the only way I could get ahead was to change firms I did that three times for exactly the same reason each
1: time to 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 be promoted yeah Gosh, good for you. So you took so when opportunities came, you just jumped. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, you
0: know, be a team leader that wasn't available to me. I then went to the next fan, built a great team, we did really well, wanted them to get run a division that, again wasn't available to me. They promoted somebody else who and then I went to the next thing, built a division, went to get on board that was not available to me. <laughs> somebody else did that and then set up my own company. That's been my career.
1: I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by this. So is do you think that was gender related Okay no I
0: don't know, I don't know. Uh, of course I, look, you know these things are complex um partly in wealth management, when you are quite a profitable producer for the firm, there is a huge disincentive to further your career and to put you into management because it means actually who else is going to do the, who's going to make the money, if you see what I mean and that was part of that um you know it's gonna, or maybe I'm just dreadful at of office politics I don't know
2: <laughs> I'm sure you're not and thinking about your current firm Natasha um what have you done in terms of the way you set it up and the culture that you've tried to set up there to sort of right some of these wrongs if that's the right phraseology to use um you know what have you taken with you from your experience to make this firm better than ones you've worked at before or different in the way you'd like it to be good
0: question first of all I mean I don't want to sound like you know I'm complaining about wrongs because a lot of fabulous things happen in all of these fans as well and I think I you know I had some fantastic times learned a lot and met some amazing people so it's more just those kind of pinch points of the career progression so we have one I have one rule as a as a as a leader as a manager which is I do not want to set anybody's limitations for their career at my own limitations you know because people why shouldn't they surpass or have a different path bigger path than mine more influential in different ways so uh, i hope that i can support every individual in achieving their ultimate career goals helping them find their strength helping them hone their strength um and so that they can genuinely achieve obviously we have probably failed many times but occasionally achieved this uh, and I really try and get to know my colleagues and always have, uh, and where possible, uh, find the resources for them to really maximise their careers. I've learned this the hard way, by the way, because a few times I didn't do that, and then I realised this wasn't, uh, you know, that that I don't feel good. Um, And I have some, occasionally I've used coaches and occasionally I've used kind of various leadership training uh, and. yeah, and 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 in some of those started really exploring this particular issue. Um, and for the last kind of, 10 years it's been quite a big mantra for me that you know every individual needs the kind of big support. Um, and I always find every individual has the like you know, like a car has a the two pedals, the gas and the brakes, and they're always the same in every car, but every human has these in completely different places. And so when you find somebody's pedal as the gas, it's just fabulous. And if you can help them find it and use it and accelerate their careers, um, that is my big passion as a person. Um, and so, yeah, and, you know, some people were able to help me find mine in my career and some people didn't, right? Some people helped me slam on the brakes. So so it's, you know, it, it, is, little, it is what it is, but also it's a competitive industry. So there's lots of people out there. So, you know, I uh, kind of, sometimes you do have to take opportunities even if they're not obvious ones to to progress
1: as i got more senior one of the things that uh, i'm i'm working on and learning about is the management of people which i find super super interesting and exactly to your point about the uh, the gas and the, the accelerator and the brake and it's funny how people each individually will be affected differently so you can give someone a compliment and that will drive them so far because they they want that compliment and they want it again. Or you can give someone a compliment and then they feel like, Great, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <break on. laughs> um, and working out each individual person's triggers is so critical. And linked to that is trying to understand what it is they want out of their career. And some people are very happy not to necessarily progress, but others really do need to progress um, in order to feel satisfied. So I I think as I kind of progress through my career, I think then your learnings for, I guess, junior people behind you, it's it's quite an exercise.
0: It is. I I don't know if I've met that many people who actually don't want to progress. Um, I, I think I've met so many people who do, but just maybe feel like maybe they shouldn't or, you know, There's a kind of shy talent there, right? There's all sorts of types of talents um, and how to find them, identify them, which is where I think diversity in the workplace is so important so that all the various personalities and ways of working and various ways of displaying your talents so that they can be recognized um, because you know, we've come from a history where perhaps one type of behaviour was always recognised, which then left a lot of people who are incredibly able and able to contribute left. They were left behind.
2: I think that's a, that's a really good point. And often women, without wanting to generalise, yeah,
1: often, but not just women. Yeah, like many, many men. I think it's a really good point. It kind of depends. What What do you mean by progress? Um, and I guess historically, it was to get to the role of partner or director. You know, that to get that title. Um, and a lot of people actually see progression in perhaps different ways, not necessarily to obtain that title, but to progress in other ways, um, build client relationships, you know, support the environment, you know, that th- there's lots of other causes that drive them that isn't just related to title and money.
0: And, and this is the current challenge, right? We are facing with, I think, younger uh, people that this is even more accentuated than before i think the current so my experience with younger people at the moment is that progress means just that you know certainly climate certainly kind of more altruistic goals and you know whatever leadership style we might have acquired by observing over the last 30 years probably no longer sufficient uh, in order to help people meet all those goals because not all of them directly impact the profitability of the company that we are leading or the division that we are running. I think that's a really
1: interesting observation. I mean, this might not be a question that you can answer, but I am interested in your response. Um, Out of your three different sectors, I'd say accountancy, investment banking, and wealth management, which would you say is the most supportive for parents? Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I reckon, I think the accounting firms are huge. I mean, certainly the ones I see. Uh, and they are increasingly dependent on female talent. Uh, they're also very structured. Um, so from what I've seen, I worked for a few years now with Ernst and & Young, and I saw they had huge uh, initiatives to really um, encourage parents. And obviously, they have lots of resources as well. But that would be just my guess. Um, you know, probably there's probably loads of accountants listening now, jumping in and saying, no, 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 it's (laughs) (laughs) not. So I don't know. I do think that generally it's not just for mothers, but also for fathers. And I find certainly over the last years of my career, I've had to support more male parents than female parents. Um, And I I think generally the work environment has become a little bit better at understanding the responsibilities of parenting.
2: I think that's right. I think there's definitely been improvement, certainly, um, compared to perhaps what you experienced when you went on leave.
0: I mean, I remember when I had my child, because don't put any pictures of your children up, you know, just, you don't want to be seen as a mother, you do not want to just carry on when nothing's happening, don't tell them. Grey suit, high heels, you know, big lipstick, off you go. Um, and you sort of tended to sort of really kind of compartmentalise your private life, uh, or certainly family life, with work. Not everybody did, uh, and some very successful women were quite happy, able to integrate, and that was lovely to see, but they were very much the exceptions. I think today, uh, you know, gosh, I actually probably know the the kind of teddy bear one of my colleague's son has, <laughs> you know, and we all know when <laughs> somebody's daughter didn't sleep very well in the office, and, you know, and we kind of just chat about these things. And it kind of really struck a few years ago, just before COVID, That this kind of last week, you know, second week of September, there were these two guys, both quite senior, huddling in a corner and just, what are they talking about? And they were discussing what it was like to drop off their children at school for the first time. Oh, that's so lovely. And they were a bit embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, and they were embarrassed that I heard this. I was like, oh, this is lovely, you know. So I I think things are changing, right, culturally.
1: I definitely agree. I see all the time in the office now, um, you know, male partners who, who leave at five to go pick up their kids from nursery just as much as the female partners you know it seems to be so much more equal um which is which is great um you said earlier that you might come back to how your husband felt about parental leave (laughs) (laughs) well he
0: yes I I think well first of all I think he found you know it's quite difficult looking after a small child he has always been very supportive um, but I think it was his employer that found it more difficult to handle his sort of open-stated commitment that he would also spend some time with the family than mine for example and I, you know don't know whether they had any female partners but I, I guess all of the male partners at the time that he was working for were having wives at home that would take care of the children so I think that was kind of what was expected of me <laughs> at the time. Um, and but yeah, and and he, he, yeah. So he 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 found a great role in house and ad- adjusted. But he probably had to make the same decision I made that you asked me about earlier. And that was not an easy decision for me either. I think. And to this day, you know, over a bottle of wine, we might discuss those decisions. And and, and I think it was hard for him
1: yeah it isn't just I think when you're when you're trying to have two careers, both the man and the woman it is a it isn't easy. You know there are just as you said, compromises to be made by both sides,
0: yeah, I, I mean, you know unless I don't know what the answer is, you know unless I remember the first year nanny was sat at home, and the two taxis would pull up one at 1030, one at eleven, you know one from a law firm, one from a person bank. <laughs> And she she was like is this because it's tax year end and i said no no it's not end. it's just how it is you know <laughs> and then we kind of just i don't know what we were thinking you know you can't live like that so uh, yeah so when we adjusted it was much happier we were all much happier you know that we could have family dinners in the evening or you know go for a walk or you know later we acquired a dog now we have two dogs no child um so uh you know I don't know what I was thinking I, I think there wasn't really in there weren't sufficient templates either uh as to you know what the choices you have to make or would make or perhaps I was just in denial most likely I was in
1: denial what does your daughter she must be about 21 is that right yes yes uh, what does she think about both of you working and having careers Particularly, what does she think about her mum having a career?
0: Oh, she, she's uh, she's a workaholic herself, and uh, she's super successful as an
1: She must be with you two as parents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she's very different to us. She's an architecture student. She's incredibly creative. She always was. Um, and so sort of, you know, it's all about exhibitions, and it's all about shapes and places and spaces and materials. So I've learned a lot from her. Uh, over the years. She's now, especially with Cadro last two years, uh, having set up Cadro, which is, uh, you know, sort of this kind of fintech wealth management investment firm. Uh, and she's really interested in it. So she sort of, t- at the end of the day, we compare respective days and challenges of working with other people, of overcoming obstacles, of you know, mental blocks, but making decisions. So I think she's, um, I-, I can't imagine she, I remember when she cried, you know, every mother remembers this, right? When you're little and you leave, you, when a child's little, you leave them at home, you get to work, your child cries. Oh man, that totally pierces your heart. I still remember it. And she still sometimes rubs it in, not on purpose, but she says, You know, when I was in primary school and the nanny would come and get me, and I would sit there and everybody else's mummy came, and oh, it's like, maybe today mummy will come, but it wasn't, it was nanny again. Oh, and I was like, Oh God, that felt really quite <laughs> painful. Uh, but, but, you know, she's resilient, we're very close, incredibly close, she's very accomplished and we have had so much fun together, especially as she was a teenager, she had a, you know, re, she had a, a good teen phase, I'd say, and so we would we always used to do a girls trip, you know, to New York and Philadelphia, we'd go to Venice, we'd spend lovely long weekends together, once Brandon would do a special trip. Um, and it, it was always really, really nice. Um, and, you know, I, whilst I didn't go and pick her up at school every day, I was generally there when it mattered, um, and, you know, always, I was always able to work from home and have somewhat flexible work arrangement. I guess that's the, the joy of being slightly more senior by the time you have a child. Um, so, so, you know, I think, I think we balanced this okay, and I think she's probably quite proud, I, I hope, of both of us.
2: I'm sure it's so nice to hear that Joy Joy, and I are still in the sort of leaving a screaming baby at home to somebody else phase of our lives. So it's great to hear that the relationship turns out well in the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes.
0: Well, you know, it's just difficult. I think this separation anxiety is, is real. And at some point, it has to happen whether you go to work or do something else. And when she first went to the nursery, I took a day off and I sat at home and I rang nursery every hour. She's still crying. Yes. <laughs> Calling an hour later. She's still crying? Yes. <laughs> oh like no, no, she'll be fine, don't you worry. So about that one o'clock thing, she stopped crying. I mean, it was just awful. Um and I you know, you feel like a bad parent, don't you? I mean, like I think parenting is
1: just written
2: with guilt. It's so difficult. Yeah, I think
1: it's it's so tricky. And yeah, it is actually really nice to hear. Um, from someone who has kind of come out the other side and is now has this wonderful relationship with their child and goes off to all these wonderful long weekends to Venice and New York etc because um, right now it feels um, you know sometimes you know as and I question all, you know are we doing the right thing should we continue our careers etc but as you say whether it's job or something else there will come a time where you have to separate you know they have to go to school for example (laughs) so you know that there comes a time
0: yeah i think the question is always you know is this a responsible decision am i leaving them with somebody responsible is this the best i can do you know is this fair and so if you ask yourself those questions and the answers are yes this is all you can do you know this is the best you can do That's great, you know, at one point I had a live-in nanny, which was fabulous and and, and very comfortable for me. And then it became a little bit unnecessary. And then we got an old pair. And I do remember thinking, is this fair, you know, is this fair on her, you know, should I have something better qualified? And then I thought to myself, well, you know, look, this is the best I can afford right now. And there are other priorities. And so she's safe, you know, and um, then you have to just justify these things from first principles. I think, um, you know, it's never going to be good enough as a parent, I think, ever.
2: Yeah, it's never going to replace the parent. But as you say, you've got to try and uh, find a way to make yourself stay sane one way or another. Yeah, and go to work for a bit of rest, you know, because it's quite hard at home.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's great getting to a Monday. I I can't tell you, weekends are exhausting. I know, I know. Oh, gosh. I remember I had a
0: wonderful client. I don't know what we had a rough weekend. For some reason, maybe she was sick. I remember you rang and said, oh, you know, just sort of this, this and those. And he goes, oh, a bit of
1: rest in the office then. It's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it uh, is. I have to say it's such an escape.
0: <laughs> well, you can have time for yourself and you don't have to have 15 eyes to see whether somebody's going to trip over something, right? And you can have a cup of coffee and a, an intellectually stimulating conversation, which I think is the hardest thing about being uh you know caring for a small child especially if you're ambitious is that you know it's not think, intellectually stimulating all the time and uh it's uh, quite hard work and my dad was fabulous he said look you, you know you, you don't need to change every nappy to be a good mother um and uh, it's i think it's good to, if people around you support you in that decision
2: i think that's a really good point having a support network around you who are justifying you know, help you justify what you're doing is is really important because the opposite must be really challenging
0: Oh, I don't know how you'd do it if you didn't. Actually, you, you know, I, I, yeah, of course you need it. I mean, need support even if you're at home, right? Which, whichever choice, or if you're part-time working, you need support. It's quite tough raising a child, um, but I think if you're making these decisions where the guilt is, a lot of guilt is involved, and you don't have um, people sort of telling you that's okay and that's the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, that must be very difficult.
1: I think you just need one or two comments from someone just saying oh I'm not sure that's the right decision or are you sure you shouldn't be at home you just need a couple of those they really eat at you and actually yeah as long as you've got supportive people around you who know that this is the best decision for you and your family and they'll kind of back you and support you in that and it's it's just yeah it's it it, life-saving
0: it is but also in the end you know life you know power is economic power and you know to disempower yourself completely over the medium to long term is quite I think a big decision Um, and you know in the in the sort of interest of being the best mother you know you give up so much I was not prepared to give that up maybe it was a selfish decision therefore.
2: yeah I don't think it's selfish I think it's for your own when you are doing something that makes you happy and stimulated you're going to be able to be a better mother and a better wife a better friend as you said and that's all important
0: especially over the long run right
2: exactly Do you have any other advice, Natasha, for someone who maybe is on maternity leave right now, returning to work, who's maybe, you know, worried about the return or has some trepidation, wondering if she can do it? What would you say to that person?
0: Yeah, look, I know my heart goes to them, by the way, because I know how to feel. It's it's tough. It's tough. You know, your heart wants to break. You kind of want to cry walking to the office some days thinking, what have I done? Um, it's not simple you know look forward Um, it gets easier and you know you have a child for life you know even when they're 21 and 33 and 40 you'll still be around and so I think they will have their own life and it starts then you know you're raising this person to be a person in their own right Um, and uh, you know at some point the separation has to happen. Um, And therefore you're contributing to that person developing by not always being there. And they do say children develop nicely when lots of different people are involved, right? So you're not doing the child any disservice. You're just feeling bad about yourself. It's a normal instinct uh, that you probably ought to just try and quieten down by whatever method uh, works. But it's not easy. And hopefully that helps. I don't know any woman to whom this was easy.
2: Yeah, I think that's helpful to know that people are not alone. They're uh, in good company. Um, Natasha, we always ask our guests for the biggest high of their sort of returning to work and being a working mother um, experience and also their biggest low. Um, I wonder if you've got a sort of anecdote for each of those that you would like to share with us.
0: Yes. Um, I, I knew you were going to ask this question and I was trepidating it and I'm still trepidating now and I have to answer it. <laughs> um, I, on on the high of a career, I think probably there was an, a few years ago, my team unexpectedly put me up for an award by a magazine called Investment Week. and I wasn't going to go to the award ceremony, because I sort of just, you know, like one event or another. And this colleague of mine said, oh no, let's go, let's go, you know, let's go, let's go. And I didn't realize she knew that I'd won this award. And I sat in this massive room. It was some uh, team leader of the year award, I remember it was. And I sat there and I didn't even have time to do makeup that, you know, put that dress on as black tie and thought, oh, who cares for makeup? And when they called my name and what I said, I thought, God, I should put some lipstick on, you know? What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> now you need
2: to go. Today. Give me a minute, everyone. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I, <know>. oh. <laughs> so, I remember. And
0: then the funny thing was, I then, you know, there were several awards and all of us winners, whatever we were, award winners, we, we stood on stage and then they came around to ask us each a question behind stage so they could sort of do some little clips and four women fell. the same ones. I've oh, I didn't brush my hair, I ran straight out of the office, I've got the wrong shoes on, you know. That's a busy a busy career. I mean, you just haven't got time for that. You know, you always think you, when that moment comes, you'll be so ready looking super glamorous and whatever, but no, it was, it was not. But I didn't make the most out of my career high so far, I'm telling you this. So basically, you always carry a, a bit of a
2: emergency lipstick, sorry. What a lovely accolade to be put forward by your team as well, given what you said about you know, the effort that you've put into management and you know, helping people along. That's obviously paid off with your team putting you forward.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it pays back. I, I, like any relationship, right? In the main, not always, but in the main, these efforts
2: I think pay back. And what about your low, Natasha?
0: Yeah, um, I think the low we've already discussed uh, was having to make the decision to leave a career I absolutely loved um, to, you know, be able to accommodate my various responsibilities in life because it came to time when perhaps my health wasn't great. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was hard. Sort of, it, and I, I'd say that took me a while to get over. If, if It's embarrassing because it's been you know, 20 years now, but almost 20 years. But yeah, that was probably the low realising that um,
2: compromises will have to Um Thank you so much for sharing so candidly with us um, the highs and lows of your career which has been extremely interesting to hear about. Um, I think it's a great testament to you and and everything you've achieved that you're, you know where you are today leading a team in your own firm it's absolutely amazing. I think it's a great inspiration to all of our listeners to keep going in the good times and bad um, make pivots and do different things if that's what works for you, your family at that time um, and keep trying to find t- things that you love to do because that ultimately is what it's all about um, so thank you so much for sharing with us really really appreciate your time well thank you both as as both of you i
0: think are mothers and you take the time to do this in the evenings uh, in order to help other women i think it's commendable i'm really impressed um, i don't know where you guys get the energy
2: so thank you and, and good luck thank you Thank you so much for listening to our new Women Who Work podcast. Please help us to grow our listenership by subscribing, reviewing and commenting. And please do share with any friends or colleagues who you think may find this useful. Also join us on LinkedIn or sign up to the mailing list on our website www.womanwhowork.uk to ensure that you never miss any of our content. If you'd like to be involved with Women Who Work or have any ideas for us, please do get in touch on email at hello at uk. Thanks again.